Thank you, Lord. Amen. Well, you can be seated. I should have a barn burner after all of that. Amen. I hope my sermon fits the spirit in here. I think it will, hopefully, inform us of what's going on. I titled my message, which I, I changed the title two or three times, and I changed it while I was sitting over there. So, I want to thank basically all of them on live streaming cards and gifts for recognizing that I'm an old man. And I'm not going to tell you how old I am, but I'm 80 plus. Somebody added 82, and I said, that's a year ahead. You add one, I'll subtract one. So I'm, I'm going to do 20, 20 over again, so I'm going to do 80 over again. 80 is a good number because Caleb, 80 years old, he said, well, I'm able to take my own mountain. Uh, the, at 2020, I didn't know whether I could take the prairie, much less the mountain. But, you know, God can give you every new strength, hit your head against the rock, get the scales gone. Amen. Is it hot this morning? See everybody fanning? Praise God. I don't know. You got the temperature turned down? Okay. I didn't know men had hot flashes, but you got the... I expect the sisters to be fanning, but when they see the brothers fanning, well, then I know we got the temperature a little high. We want to greet Canada into the service this morning. I talked to Brother Orville last night and maybe see if they could uh, kindly tune us in. I don't think they'll be turned in too much now, so I don't know whether they'll start live streaming or not. But we thank each one of them for attending service there under the conditions that we're in. Uh, they pretty well got us locked down and... When you lock people down and keep them at home, they get used to staying home and then they don't want to get up and go to church because now they think they got a legal reason to skip church. So those that are sitting at home this morning, I hope you feel a little guilty about not assembling yourself together because when you get together and let the Holy Ghost move, you always have a good time. Amen. Amen. We have a water baptismal service this morning, Brother Logan. Is going to be baptized with us. I think he has some of his friends or family here this morning. This young man right here, one more. Glad to have you with us this morning also. So, praise the Lord. It's been an interesting week. I, I, I'm going to change my title on the sermon this morning. I put opening of the prison, which basically a lot of text goes with that. But I'd like to look at basically the subject is about prophecy fulfilled. Prophecy fulfilled. Because when prophecy is fulfilled, it opens up a prison to let us escape. Amen. Since we are talking about prophecy fulfilled, how many seen the inauguration of the, uh, I guess you call it, what do you call it, vice president, first lady? I don't know what title they got now, vice president, which is supposed to be the first Chinese, black, white, whatever more female is voted in. And the prophet prophesied basically in uh, Daniel 70 weeks that he saw a woman rise up in America and she would be dressed in purple. And he did not know whether it was the Catholic Church or a woman, but I only saw the woman and she was dressed in purple. And lo and behold, by coincidence, God don't know what's going on, Kamala Harris was dressed in purple. And they made a big deal out of it because it meant majesty and all those things to the black race and to that segment of people. 
Is that prophecy fulfilled or is it just a coincidence? You and I really don't have the ability, and you'll notice in the message this morning, we really can't say that's the fulfilling of the prophecy. Because only a prophet can prophesy correctly, and only a prophet can interpret the prophecy. And since the prophet prophesied it, we're going to have to have a prophet to interpret it. You say, well, well there's not going to be another prophet. There's going to be two more, Moses and Elijah. And it wouldn't surprise me if they didn't point out scriptures fulfilled and point to the Elijah of this hour, William Branham, and point out the fulfillment of scriptures to the church that is left, just as it happened before. So I want to look at this subject, prophecy fulfilled or opening of the prison. It's all in the same subject. We've got quite a few scripture. So if you want to take your Bible or you can take the notes, we got it written down. They may be able to put it up on the screen for you in Jude chapter 1, which is only one chapter in Jude, verse 5. He said, I will therefore put you in remembrance, though you once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt. Now, how did he save the people? He went down as a pillar of fire, but he had a mouthpiece called Moses, a prophet. And he told Moses, I'm going to go down to Egypt and I'm going to send you because I need a mouthpiece. And we went through that. Moses said, I'm not a good speaker. He said, Aaron will speak for you on and on. But God goes down in the form of a pillar of fire to deliver his people. And he always has a prophet as a mouthpiece. That's a principle set forth and it holds through all the way through the Bible. So having saved the people out of the land of Egypt by a prophet in an exodus... The saved people, and we can say those in the message underneath Elijah the prophet, come out of this prison house, they're in this journey to basically back to the tree of life. Afterward, in their journey between being saved, they are absolutely destroyed, them that believed not. They believed enough of the prophet to get out and be saved, but there's something about the message they did not believe in the journey and God destroyed them. Therefore, there's something about the prophet's message on the way to fulfillment that the people cease to believe. And we could go into it in a study. They begin to say, well, you're not the only one that has a gift. You're not the only one. Dathan Kor rose up, all of that in between. But the point being is, God delivered them under a prophet. And in their journey to their destination, God destroyed these same people for not continuing in the Word of God. Verse 6, and the angels which kept not their first estate. Now we're speaking about heavenly beings, but left their own habitation. That would be heaven or their position that they were in in that position now. He hath reserved an everlasting change under darkness. In other words, they're bound by darkness. And we know that darkness is basically the mind shut off to revelation of the word. They did not understand the message. They did not understand God the Word. He hath reserved an everlasting change under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. In other words, you're seeing souls here in a prison. They are locked up in a prison, a dimension. It is a spiritual dimension. We call it the three levels going down. There's souls, uh, basically in the Old Testament, there were souls of the saved. Then you went down to hell. Then you went all the way down to where Satan was in the lower regions. So there's three dimensions down and three dimensions up. 
So here we find these ones, these heavenly angels that followed Satan in his message were cast down into the lower region and they are bound there by a chain of darkness because they believed and received the wrong gospel, which was the gospel preached by Satan. He led a third of the angels into captivity and basically they were placed in a prison. You say, well, they're free and running around, but they're still bound because they can't change their mind. And they can't be converted. All right. So we also see in 1 Peter 3, he also speaks of this. Now remember, we're parallel in this in the old as a type or the omega to today. All of these events and these prophecies are being fulfilled or transpired into our day. Peter said, watch, for it is better if the will of God be so, that you suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins. Now, we, we, if we have time this morning, we'll get into basically every one of us born into this life are trapped into a prison called our flesh. We are trapped in sin because we are born sinners. We are trapped there by no means of our own, by representation of Adam, the first Adam, sold us into sin. We are trapped in sin by our flesh. We need some way for the prison to be opened to release our souls into a deliverance to go to another body. So every one of us is born in sin. We're born trapped. No fault of your own. You're trapped there by circumstances. Is there a way out of this prison house? Is there an escape? Is there a deliverance? We are promised one, and that's what we're looking at. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins. There are sins that we can do, sins that we can be forgiven of. But later in our subject, there is a sin that we should not pray for, or there is a sin unto death. That only in this generation will be committed by the people called the church. Now keep that in mind. It's not these, uh, not these people out here, sinners, what more, whatever, drunks, whatever, all that, whatever. It's the church. Only so-called believers in Jesus Christ sins. Oh, oh wait. well, I thought they're doing the sinning. No, the Christians that does the sinning, that has a right to confess their sins and be forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. Everyone else is in a state of unbelief. They are a sinner. You say, well, they sin doing this, that. They're just a sinner. A lot of times we want to correct the sinner. Well, you're not supposed to do that, and we're not supposed to do this. What more? How are you going to correct a sinner? Are you going to pick out good sins and bad sins and what more and do a little of this, but a lot of little of that? No, you're just a sinner. You do those things because you're an unbeliever, that the gate was open for you to escape sins and be delivered into righteousness. Amen. Amen. So he said, what's now? Being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. Remember now what was quickened by the Spirit? Because the soul of Jesus, which was a light or a pillar of fire, if you want to say it, it's a theophany in the shape of a man, it could be that. But that soul went to hell. It went to the lower regions. It went all the way down to where Satan was ruling and reigning. Because he had to go down and take the keys away from the devil. Amen. 
So Jesus basically becomes sin, and his soul went to hell. Follow the scriptures. Now watch. Uh, once, and just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison. Now we'll see by scripture who those spirits was later on. Now watch. Which sometime were disobedient. When once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah. It tells you now who these spirits was. When Noah started this message, Enoch was building the pyramid. You had a wise and a foolish. You had a gospel there. Noah building an ark, which was basically the word for the hour. It was the way of escape. God will always provide you a way of escape. When he's going to bring judgment and destroy, he always opens a door for the righteous to escape. Amen. Now remember, the name of the Lord is a mighty tower, and the righteous run into it and are safe. Amen. These are the ones that refuse to run out of darkness into the ark. They turn the message of Noah down. Jesus said, as it was then, so shall it be in this day. Now watch. When once the long-suffering of God, 120 years approximately, waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was a preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. Now, we can look at the conditions of that day, marrying, giving in marriage, all of that, uh, whatever more, but the point being, very few people were saved and got in the ark. And Jesus said, as it is in the days of the Son of Man, which is this hour, so shall it be in that day. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the Son of Man. Now, we've been preaching for many years that the Son of Man ministry is here. There is only one way of escape, and that is the revelation of God's Word, God's prophecy fulfilled in your hearing. Amen. So now, according, as we, according to Jesus himself... I got in your notes, as it was on the days of Noah, while the appearing of the Son of Man, Jesus in flesh, has come now to prepare us for the resurrection. We believe it, according to Luke 17, 30, that we are in the days of the appearing of the Son of Man. What do you need for the Son of Man to appear? You need a prophet as a mouthpiece. You need the pillar of fire, which is the Logos. A very image or expression of the presence of Almighty God. We call it the angel of His presence. It's called God Himself. It's called the Logos. It's referred to as the Spirit, God Himself, the Word. Amen? So this is what we're looking at. While the appearing of the Son of Man has come, and He has come in this hour, and it is past tense. Prophecy has been fulfilled, and is now preparing us for the resurrection and the rapture. There is a preparation and a rapture. The rapture is our way of escape. How do we get out of this dimension? Well, we can get out by dying. Death is a way. Or we can get out to those that are living by way of a resurrection to the sleeping saints and a body change to the living. What do you mean body change? If the rapture happens for the dead and the living, and it will, those that are alive need a special power 
of resurrection that was wrought in Jesus when he raised him from the dead. In other words, resurrection power called the Holy Ghost himself will be here in the midst of the church, fully revealed and made known to the people. And that anointing and revelation will absolutely quicken our body. And a supernatural transformation will take place. We will be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye and rise to meet the Lord Jesus Christ at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Amen. So what we're saying here is they say he is here called the, uh, the appearing. It is called the perusia of Christ in Scripture. It is God himself fulfilling 1 Thessalonians 4, 16. Now remember what we differ than most fundamentals. And you can go get the John MacArthur and all the brains will tell you that we're absolutely stupid this morning. But we believe a prophet has declared the fulfillment of prophecy. And tells us what 1 Thessalonians 4.16 is. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. That shout is not the voice of the one that comes down. That shout is the voice of an earthly angel here as a prophet. As a spokesman to the one that descends. God always. He will never change. When God visits a people, he always speaks through human flesh. One individual he has chosen and set before the people as his mouthpiece. You say, well, I don't like it that way. Well, if you don't like it that way, then you're going to miss the rapture. Because that mouthpiece is the only door, the only portal out of this dimension. It is called the tree of life. It is called the logos. It is called the way, the truth, and the life. It is called a door. Jesus said he was a door. The human flesh is not the door. The God incarnated in him is the door. The Logos, a pillar of fire, a light. That is the door. That is the portal out of here. He is the one that's leading the church. I'm not leading the church. There's not a man living that's leading the church. It has now been handed over to the headship of God himself the revealed word, God, period, Holy Ghost himself is here leading his church. Amen. That revelation will follow you. He is the only one that knows how to get out of this lower region now called hell right here on earth. We say, well, it feel like we're in hell. This is full of devils and foul spirits and everything else has migrated and pushed right up in this dimension right now. You can see it working everywhere. I could preach this morning about a politics and see the stupidity that's going on. There is no logical human reason for our government to be doing exactly what they're doing. Why would you say we need jobs and destroy 70,000 jobs at the same time? Why would you say do this and turn around and do the opposite? Why do you say we don't do this and then open the... It is absolutely insane. So what are you seeing? You're seeing that old Roman Catholic empire. 2,000 years ago, in, back in 300, they killed everyone that would not bow and kiss the cross or kiss the toe of the Pope. They would not bow to that authoritarian government called Romanism. That same spirit... Is raising its head again because Revelation 13 is America. 
And America is promised to cause all, both great and small, to be able not to buy or sell unless they come under this power of the beast. And they're going to give their power right back to the original power, Rome, for the fulfilling and the destruction of this world as we know it of the ungodly. So every time you see this power raise up, it's authority. It is control. Rule with a rod of iron. Rule my sheep. Rule my sheep. Rule my sheep. It is their doctrine. It is their creed. It is prophecy being fulfilled, bringing forth total darkness upon the earth. So what we're seeing is 1 Thessalonians 4.16. The Lord himself descends from heaven with a shout. This is not the rapture. Come on. This is not the rapture. It is the condition for the rapture. When Brother Brown preached the rapture uh, message, brought this scripture forth, they said, Oh, Brother Brown preached the rapture. The Lord's going to descend. He's going to take us up. And we're gonna, he's going to holler for us. And we're going to rise up in the air. And No, that's not what he's saying. I'm going to preach this morning conditions for the rapture. So condition for the rapture is God himself has to come down here, use a human vessel to stand at the gates of hell, every system, every church, everything contrary to the word of God, bind the strong men of the house, bind Satan, bring a gift of healing to set the people free. The door was open. Amen. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16, the Lord descended from the heaven from, with a shout is absolutely Matthew 24, 1 to 3. What is the sign of your coming? In other words, what is the sign that you will literally be here? It's not coming like someone's looking to come down the road. It's what is the sign of your perusia or literal presence? Why would they say that? Is because those people back then understood that God, that the Son of Man would repeat His ministry on earth again. The Son of Man is absolutely the pillar of fire operating through a prophet revealing Himself to us. That is exactly what has transpired in this hour to open a gate of deliverance for us. And if we got an ear to hear, all we are required to do is walk through the door and be saved. Because the name of the Lord is a mighty tower. And in that hour, all that call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. Amen. To call on the name of the Lord, you've got to have a revelation of who the Lord is. Amen. How many has ever heard of Larry King? The great uh, interviewer, whatever more, he passed away this week. And now they're praising him. What more? That's fine. He, had, he lived a good life. I think he had eight wives. And uh, <laughs> he must not have been easy to get along with or he liked to change whatever. I don't know. But he had seven or eight wives. And now he is the great orator and interviewer. And they asked him a question. What is the first question you're going to ask God when you get to heaven? He didn't even hesitate. He said, the first question I'm going to ask God when I get to heaven, did you really have a son? Now, that's not a far strange question. Because you hadn't met too many people 
that believes that God had a son. You say, well, our Baptist church believes that God had a son. No, they don't. They believe he, Jesus was one of the three gods. You can't have a God that's a son. He's either God, which had no beginning, no end. Which, how are you going to have three of them? Hear you, O Israel. Hear you, O believer. Hear you, my church. God is one. There is only one God. He is spirit and truth. What is his name? Lord Jesus Christ. Did he have a son? Yes. He created the cells in the womb of a virgin. Praise be to God. Brought forth a body, a tabernacle that God could live in and talk and reveal himself through human flesh. Jesus of Nazareth, the Messiah, he is the Son of Man. He was the Word made flesh. He was not God. He was God manifested in flesh. God left him in the Garden of Gethsemane. He was still a man. He still had a body. He still had a mind. He still had a spirit. He still had his own soul. And he's had his own will. Come on. And he died. Therefore, he is not God. He was the Son of God. He was the woman seed that was promised to come to deliver you out of this sin, flesh, body you were born in, deliver you that you was trapped into. Praise be to God. And you could come out by grace. He forgive us of our sins and declare that we are righteous. Amen. So we see the fulfillment of Matthew 24, 1 to 3. What is the sign of your presence? Read it like it's written. It's not the sign of your rapture or your second coming. What is the sign of your literal presence? And how did Jesus answer them? Matthew 24, 24. I'm going to show you the sign. It's going to be deception. In the time of the literal presence of God, while he is there preparing a group of people for the resurrection and the rapture, to take them to the marriage supper of the Lamb, which we call rapture. In that period of time, there will be many, not just one or two. There's going to be many false prophets and false teachers of their prophecy. Now, if you have any religious inkling, you can turn on your television. And there's a false prophet on there every 30 minutes. And every one of them's got a prophecy. Every one of them's got a book. Every one of them's got a dream. Every one of them's got a word. Every one of them's been to heaven. And everyone has come back with a different understanding of who Jesus is and what God's doing. Now, how can you have 20 prophets on in two hours and every one of them had a different version of heaven, different version of hell, a different version of how to get there, and a different version of what God's doing? It proved out just like they prophesied Trump would win. Because they didn't understand the scripture of Revelation 13. There's no way that Trump can give you the freedom of worship. Put religion back in the schools. Give us the right to have worship and do what we want to. Against abortion. Against this and what more. There's no way that Revelation 13 can be fulfilled with Trump in office. It will take a de democratic rule. 
that is now selling out to communism and behind Catholicism. Communism is one spirit, Catholicism. Now, I know that makes a lot of the devils mad. And it makes a lot of the believers sad. But the Bible is the Bible and God is still God. And whether we believe it or not, it's still going to come to pass. It is written and that's just the way that it is. You say, well, I've got family out there. You've got family sitting right here this morning. I'm not interested in what degree of darkness. You can be Pentecostal, Methodist, Baptist, whatever degree of sin you want to be in. But there's only one way out of darkness and that is walk in the light as he is the light. You have to follow this light out of darkness. Amen. So this light was what? It was the conditions. It's not the rapture. It is conditions. These false prophets, false teachers is a sign that God is literally here. Not spiritually, literally. He had his picture taken. God, is the, this is the only age that we have migrated or what we call increasing knowledge that he allowed his picture to be taken. For the Bible said, no man shall see God and live. When you see the light that he had his picture taken, that literally is not God per se. God is still invisible, veiled in the light. But it is his angel. It is his Shekinah glory. It is the image of his presence. It's called the angel of his presence, the Shekinah glory. What if we can put the picture up there? People might not have ever seen. There's the picture. You say, well, that's just a light. That's just a light. But that light raised the dead. That light healed cripples. That light emptied wheelchairs by 14 truckloads in Africa. That light spoke, knew every name, disease. They're coming backward and going forwards. That light had miracles around the world. That light said, thus saith the Lord. People say, well, I don't believe that man. I'm going to find fault with the man. You can find fault with the man all you want to. He was just a man. Just a man, just like you and I. No greater, no lesser, whatever more. But he was designed for an office. God to fulfill his own word. He prophesied. I'll send you Elijah the prophet. If he prophesied it, he has to fulfill it. Who fulfills it? God fulfills it. It's not for the church to guess what that is. God interprets his own word by bringing to pass what he said. You say, oh, well, I don't believe that. I'm not even pointing to the man. I'm pointing to that supernatural angel of God's presence that made himself known around the world. Had his picture taken, thus saith the Lord. Thousands of visions, thousands of words of knowledge come to pass. That supernatural being is the one who is the spirit of wisdom of Ephesians 1.17 that's revealing himself to you, the church. And if you got the Holy Ghost, then you'll recognize the Holy Ghost himself. He's the only way out of here. I don't know how to get out of here. You don't know how to get out of here. He's the only one that can break the dimensions of time and take these bodies through a transformation and bring them to the marriage supper of the Lamb. He is the resurrection and the life. 
He's the Lord Jesus Christ. There's the Logos. There's the light. There's the one that we read about in this Bible. Over and over and over again. And he out, his light appeared in this hour. Let's look at a prophecy in Isaiah 61. Here we read a prophecy that we know pertains to Jesus the Messiah. Which Isaiah said many years before this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives. Who was in captive? The Jews was captive by the law. So he's going to come to produce and give, present to them liberty. The question is, how many accepted liberty? How many did the Jewish race, out of the millions of religious people, the most religious people in the world, how many of them actually understood prophecy fulfilled in Jesus and listened to God manifested in the flesh, understood prophecy fulfilled, recognized it, and believed it, and followed him? Very, very few. Let's say 11. 11. Jesus, God, manifested in flesh. His own ministry produced about 11 believers. Wonder how many so-called believers do we have in this hour? We've got churches packed by the millions this morning reading their Bibles. Preaching about the government. Preaching about this. Preaching we don't like that. And the very people that all these ministers are preaching to is the very ones that had a spirit upon them to vote this darkness in. If you take Christianity in all disguises, there is no way that you can have a democratic president voted in if Christianity voted their conscience according to the word. There's no way. 90% of the blacks race. 85% of them attend church regularly. Absolutely preaches this liberation gospel. And you see down in what was it, Georgia, they voted in a black Fundamental preacher as a democratic leader of socialism. I imagine his church voted for him. And he is for abortion on demand. He is for everything that this Bible stands against. And they go to church on Sunday morning. Shout hallelujah because their man... Got voted in and we're going to get something free. Brother, the greatest gift that God can ever give you is free. Every one of us this morning can receive the free gift of eternal life. But you must be willing in mind, spirit, and soul to reject everything according to God's word. And walk out and be totally delivered. Free from sin. 
free from sins, and made righteous in the presence of Almighty God. Oh, you said that's easy to do. Then how come very, very few will do it? Amen. So in Isaiah 61, we read a prophecy. As we said, we know that Jesus fulfills. And he said that he's come to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. And what? And the opening of the prison to them that are bound. This ministry of Jesus, which we're in the Omega portion now. Hear the Son of Man. Jesus, the created Son of Almighty God. The tabernacle in whom God could come down and dwell in in the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Being a literal submitted body person. Not exercising his own mind. Not doing his own will per se. But built in such a way that God could overtake him and use him in the first person. As God would act in the person himself. We cannot understand that. Because if we were totally submitted to God, we would be just little amateur messiahs, little amateur Jesus, totally submitted to the will of God. We wouldn't even be doing our own will. Many people say, well, Jesus walked on water. Jesus done this miracle, done that miracle. Jesus himself said, I don't do the miracles. It is not me that does the miracles. I didn't multiply the bread. I'm not doing these things. The words that I'm speaking to you are not even my words. But they're my Father's words that lives in me. And when you see me, you see the absolute action and will and the image and the light of Almighty God. The only way you can see the invisible God is manifested through human flesh. Of which you and I, born again, cleansed of our sins, should be written epistles, read of all men. Our very acts and our very actions, our very deeds should be an expression of an indwelling spirit. Having been born of the Spirit, baptized with the Holy Ghost, now in this age with fire. Burning out like free will. I'll do this and I'll do that and I want my will. Your will has to be forfeited to Almighty God. You're either a prisoner this morning to God or you're a prisoner to the devil, one or the other. And there's no halfway in between. Oh, well, I'm halfway. I'm doing, no, you're not halfway. You're a prisoner to God or you're a prisoner to the devil. Amen. So this promised one here, in this prophecy, almost 2,000 years before Jesus shows up, is prophesied to be the one who would come and open the prison. Come and set the captives free. Come and bring the earth to the meek. The woman's seed. Way back in Genesis, when Adam fell, there was a prophecy. The woman's seed shall come and bruise the head, which speaks of the authority, the power, to this prison. He's going to bruise the head of the serpent. Amen. And he's going to put him under his feet. And he's going to have the keys to every spiritual dimension. 
He's going to have power over all seven dimensions. Why? Because he's going to rise to the throne of God and sit down. And God himself comes right down here to earth as a pillar of fire to make his prophecy fulfilled in our lives. Hallelujah. And we can honestly say this morning, it's thus saith the Lord, we have escaped from the prism of sin. We are free. We're not in darkness. These souls that are in prison, all the Old Testament saints, all these ones that was preached in the days of Noah, and they actually preached that Noah's message wasn't true, all locked up in our dimension. Three of them down there. Here this woman's seed comes, and he's prophesied to come and take authority or bruise the head of the serpent. Satan, and set the captives free. Every Old Testament believer that offered up the four-legged lamb blood had a revelation that one day this woman's seed would come. Hallelujah. They understood prophecy. There'll be one come one of these days. And they look forward to that woman's seed coming. Every time there's anointed one come up, maybe this is the one. Maybe this is the one. Maybe this is the one. But finally, the one showed up that the prophecy spoke of. He was a fulfilling of the word. And to believe prophecy fulfilled set you free. <laughs> Somebody say amen. I hoped you were to get it. Those that recognize prophecy fulfilled was set free. So is it today. Hallelujah. Well, I thought we'd be this and that. You are free. What more do you want to be than free? What more do you want to be than to be declared righteous? That you never done it in the first place. Praise be to God. Notice Satan, Second uh, Peter tells us, For if God spared not the angels that sinned, that's the preachers. That puts us behind the eight ball right here. The preachers that sinned. What is sin? Disbelieving the revealed word for the hour. Sin is unbelief in the word being fulfilled. Do you know I can preach this Bible and preach the Bible and preach the Bible and tell you, I'm getting it right out of the Bible. And that would be the absolute truth. I can preach to you this Bible in the light of another age, and you can say amen to it and go straight to hell. The only light, the only door for your age. Now, Luther's not a door for you. Wesley's not a door for you. Pentecost of 1909 to 1950s, that's not a door for us. God being here now. Under the voice of the seventh angel. That's the only door out of this dimension. Praise be to God. There's only one door in seven ages. There's only one door out. And you got to follow that light through the door through every age until you come to the final one. And the final door is the door out of death and hell. 
And you know as well as I do that the prophet, when he's sitting in J.C. Penney's, watched those women come up that escalator. He said, that's the same women I saw when I was dying and went to hell. I seen those same women in hell. And now hell is right here in this dimension. You say, well, I don't know what's going on. At least we have an ear to hear. The grace of God lets us hear. Do you realize this morning that when you was born, God knew you'd be sitting in this building this morning, listening to a big mouth preacher holler at you, tell you some things that nobody could believe, and you were ordained to sit here, and you was ordained to either agree or disagree. And you know what? God knows your choice. And in reality, we don't really have a choice. Because your name was already written in a book. Before the foundation of the world, my name was written over here in a section to come up in this hour of darkness to stand here and preach the gospel to a dying age to those that's locked up in prison that no one would believe it, but it was ordained to preach to people that was ordained to eternal life. We don't understand it, but by the grace of God, we'll be a part of it. God spare not the angels. That's the preachers that sinned, but cast them down to hell. That's a little lower than where Abraham was. And just a little lower than where the demons are. These guys go all the way down to hell where Satan is. If we had time, we'd get to the dimensions. But watch. And delivered them into chains of darkness. What is chains of darkness? False doctrine. Anything off of the word is of the devil. Okay. To be reserved. They're still there. Reserved unto judgment. We know that's a great white throne judgment that you and I, by the grace of God, will sit on the throne with our bridegroom Jesus, and we will judge each one of them preachers. Say Amen. And hallelujah, I'm glad I'm sitting here instead of standing out here. And he spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. Hallelujah. You mean there's two worlds? You better believe it. There's a world of the godly, and there's a world of the ungodly. There's twins. All the way from the garden, you had a Cain, and you had an Abel. Twins all the way through. Both of them religious. Both of them had their ministry. Both of them had their preachers. Both of them got their doctrines. Both of them has a message. One is to lock you up in prison. And one is to set you free from prison. Praise be to God. Whew. Amen. Turn the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes. Guess what's in store for America and these countries that did not receive the Word of God? These two prophets are going to call fire out of heaven. He's going to stone the whore and her daughters all around the world. 
Praise be to God. I don't rejoice in it. That's just the truth. Watch now. Making them an example unto those that afterwards should live ungodly. So we see in these scriptures, souls that have been locked up in prison waiting. If we had time, we could get those righteous souls locked up. Because we know that Jesus went down to the lower regions. He had to go all the way down where Satan was. Because Satan had the key. He got it in the garden. From the first Adam. So the only one that could take it back is the second Adam. He had to be a man. He had to be a woman's seed. He had to have a pure sexless blood. Come on. That's where he had to be virgin born. But he was a man. He was the anointed Messiah. He was prophecy fulfilled in flesh. He was our deliverer. And he went down and took the key. And he told them preachers, he said, Now I'm the woman's seed that you didn't believe. I'm the woman's seed that you put off and said, Well, it's for another day. This is not prophecy. Being, this is down the road, down the road. Jesus is coming down the road, down the road, down the road. It's amazing how the church always puts something down the road. Even in the message today. People following a prophet, seeing Scripture fulfilled, seeing us now in this period of exodus, being judged after we're saved out of the system, after we was born again by the baptism of the Holy Ghost, now beginning to waver with following the truth all the way to immortality, all the way across Jordan into the millennium or into the resurrection. It gets tiresome, basically, following God's Word. It gets kindly weary. So here we see souls in prison from the days of Noah. And here the woman's seed was down, bear witness to those dimensions that Noah's gospel was right. He comes back by this door and opens up to Abraham and the righteous and leads them out of captivity. In other words, he opens the prison door and leads them into a resurrection and a rapture. Is that what he's done? Now we know that the Bible promises that that same pillar of fire will repeat the same ministry in this hour to you and I. It's not down the road. It is going on right here among us. Amen. Revelation 18. We're not going to have time to get to our lesson over here this morning, but it's a, it sure is nice warming up to it anyway. In the end time, we see a prophecy. Revelation 18. 1 to 4. Watch what it says. And after these things, I saw another angel come down from heaven. Now, this is not Gabriel. This is not a two-winged angel. This is not someone. This is the Logos. This is the pillar of fire. This is the angel of his presence. This is the Shekinah glory. This is the Holy Ghost himself. This is the Logos. God. Period. I saw this angel come down from heaven having great power. You're talking about power, the healing revival of the 40s and 50s went around the world seven times.
made witness of his presence. Like in Africa, one prayer to a blind man that worshiped the sun. His eyes was white because he stared in the sun. Just white eyeballs. And all your sheiks and chains and all the priests sat there on the platform. And the prophet turned around and said, Anyone here, can your God heal this man? Can your God give sight to this man? You don't think, this is not done in the corner, friends. All those preachers on the platform, can your God heal this man? Not a one of them made one move. He said, but if the God of heaven is still the same yesterday, today, and forever, if I be his servant and I stand here under his anointing, that same Jesus that opened the blinded eyes 2,000 years ago, that same Jesus will open this man's eyes in the name of Jesus Christ, be healed, and his eyes popped open and he could see. The Holy Ghost fell and thousands of people got healed and dropped their crutches for 20 miles. Amen. Hallelujah. By one simple prayer, that power spread for 20 miles and people with iron crutches and everything else dropped them and they hauled them off by what? 14 to 25 truckloads of crutches, beds and whatever more. And the church says, boy, that was a good meeting. Man, that was good. What if we could go over here in India and see the same thing? That should have been enough right there to bring every person out of prison. Come out of her, my people. Watch. And this angel, he cried with a cried mightily with a strong voice. If you ever listen to the sermons in the first and second pool. He cried with a voice that penetrates the darkness and penetrates the soul. He cries with a mighty voice saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and become the habitation of devils and the hole of every foul spirit and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. That's a prophecy. Now who's going to tell us what it means? By the words here stated, let's listen and look at it just openly. Babylon the Great has fallen. Now we could spend two or three lessons on the great Babylonian empire, the natural government of Babylon controlling the people, had its military forces, whatever more, in a great kingdom, a great military force, and a great battle, forcing all the people under political power to submit. We know that that empire failed. But if you'll notice, the power behind it, the system behind it, only changed its robes or rider. It went from military to spiritual. Because it says it has become a habitation of devils. Amen. Look at his description. The whole of every foul spirit. Cage of every unclean and hateful bird. It is a spiritual prison. Not just a little jail cell that someone's locked up into. Waiting for the preacher to come by and light two candles to get you out. Or will you come and shake the preacher's hand at the altar and say, I love Jesus, now you're saved. Mm-mm. 
These are spirits that's already been judged. These are spirits that have set in the time of deliverance. The Holy Ghost has already come. He's already cried. Come out over my people. And the people still sit and ponder. These are judged spirits waiting for and on death row. Waiting for the verdict of spiritual death or second death to be carried out by the judge himself. How many knows that the Bible, I'm off, I'm, I'm off course now, boy. How many knows that the Bible says that in this hour, that the false prophet and those that follow the false prophet, and the people that are alive and follow that system in this hour, will be cast alive into the lake of fire, and won't even come up at the judgment. They're cast alive into the fire. It's over. The soul annihilated. Finished. There's no eternal hell that everybody lives for eternal in some kind of torment. God's more merciful than that. He'll destroy that soul that believes not. And they're cast alive into hell. That's in the next five to ten years. We're sitting right on the verge of the fulfilling of this scripture right now. For verse 3 says, for all nations, that's every nation, Russia, Great Britain, America, China, every nation has drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, which is her doctrines. What is her main controlling doctrines? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. With the Pope being the supreme authority and able to forgive your sins if you got enough money to pray souls out of purgatory, which is a doctrine of hell. You say, that's pretty rough. Well, it's time to get rough. My time here on earth of being 81 is short. I don't have many sermons left in this old body. This could be the last one. I don't know. But I don't want to finish up 40 years of ministry and have to meet the Lord over there and give an account for a warmed up, washed over, used, hash bin, whatever more, watered down sermon to let everybody in thinking they're going to heaven when they're not. God's word won't change for nobody. You're either in or you're out. You're either a believer or you're not a believer. That's me, that's you, that's everybody this morning. But if you are a believer, you are free. There is nothing that can touch us this morning. Amen. Watch now. Her doctrines and the kings of the earth, dictators, kings, everything else, have committed fornication with her. In other words, what is fornication? Sex outside of marriage. Sleeping and shacking up without being married. Oh, who does that? Church. Church does. God's talking about the church. And the merchants of the earth. How do these kingdoms and how these kings and dictators get rich? Because all the people under them come and give their money for candles and everything else. They tax them. And they don't raise up. You know why? Because they're taught by their priests 
that they'll go to heaven, sanctification by poverty. They're holy if they're poor. What you're seeing brought into America right now, if you'll go back and read Fox's Book of Mortars and study the history, you're seeing the old Roman Catholic doctrine being revived in America as fast as they can go. They had this First Baptist preacher in what is it, Dallas, Texas. He's on Fox News. He's a good speaker. I've watched him speak. He's a good speaker. But Lou Dobbs asking this morning, where's the church in all of this political unrest? Well, Lou, he says, you know what? The church is still going. Yes, we see all of this coming in. We see coming in. We see this more. We understand this. We understand that. But don't worry now. If God is for us, who can be against us? I thought, brother, you don't have a clue what God is doing because God is not for you today. Come on. I'll destroy and kill her children, which is the church of with death. Prophecy fulfilled. How can they understand what's going on when the very Bible itself says they're blind and wretched and naked and don't even have any eyesight, they don't have any revelation, they don't even have a clue that they put God outside the church and he's knocking trying to get back in. But I've got news for you this morning. He's not knocking on the church door trying to get back in anymore. He's called his people out and he's taken them to an exodus into the marriage supper of the Lamb. He's not calling them out anymore. He's done with the church. That's reading the prophet of God said in 1955 or 56. I don't pray for a miracle anymore. She's grieved her day of grace away. So in Revelation 18, 1, we see a mighty angel come down from heaven. And we know this angel is also Revelation 10, 1. When he seen, I seen a mighty angel come down from heaven. He had an open book in his hand. We preached last week about it, the one coming down with a fan in his hand. I said, well, this book open in his hand is the fan. It's a revealed word. It's fanning the flames, fanning the flames, fanning the flames. You know what's keeping you going? You know what brings you to church? It's because that little germ of life in you that's a part of God who's here now, God's still fanning that book, that word, fanning that little flame of soul, and just giving you enough motivation and desire to come to church and live right the best you know how. He's still fanning, fanning, fanning. But one day, there's going to be just a little bit of flame flicker from this glow. We're all just glowing now. Like the prophet said, the Pentecostal, a revival fires has gone out. But they didn't go out to that they're completely out. They just went down to a little smothering coals. You know what I mean? But there's still some coals in there. You and I are still here. We do not have the mark of the beast upon us. Are you following me this morning? We have his name. We have been declared righteous. We have went to the water. And had our sins remitted. Amen. And by the blood, now when we do sin, see the water baptism only remits some sins from that point on back. You want to get a good clean slate? (laughs) Well, if that's the case, we'd have water baptism every week, I guess. (laughs) But when you get a good clean slate of the sins, 
you go to, you repent of your sins. Say, God, that's not right. That's contrary to your word. And I know I'm a son of God. There's something in me that wants to be right. I want to be forgiven and I want to be right with you. What must I do? He said, you go to the water and you repent of your sins and you get baptized in my name, Lord Jesus Christ. And for the remission of your sins, all your sins from that point, I'll just flush away. I'll put them in the sea of my forgetfulness. Nobody knows where they're at. They're gone. You're just as though you never sinned in the first place. Brother and sister, how much better shape will you be in to receive the Holy Ghost than when all your sins has washed away and you come up out of the water completely free? Why don't you have enough faith in God to raise up your heart and open your mind and receive the gift of eternal life and receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire? You are free. Amen. So we see this voice come down. It's the Lord from heaven himself. He comes with a shout, which we understand is a message to bring us out of the system. And when he shall begin to sound, we notice this voice was speaking. Not to all the inhabitants in the church system. Just to give me five more minutes, I'll find a place to pull it up here. This voice doesn't come and call everybody. Everybody hears it. You won't find a minister worth his salt that don't know about Brother Branham and his ministry. He may play like he don't. And he may say, who is that? Because he don't want you to know that he knows. Because he don't want you to look at truth. He'll say, oh yeah, I remember him. He had a, a great miracle ministry. But you know what? He was all for the word. His teaching just stunk. He preached against women, cutting their hair. Can you, can you imagine that? This hillbilly preaching against women, cutting their hair. My God. Our sisters, they look better in short hair, you know. He preached against woman, women preachers, handling the word. Well, we know Joyce Myers is called to preach. Oh, God, how mercy. I could go on and on. That really inspires you. And you know what? She's a better teacher and preacher than most men are. Because the spirit on her should be upon her husband. Are you following me? I'm not saying the anointing is there, but she got too bossy. She put on her pants and the anointing got on her and he submitted. This lily back, I can't even find a nice word. That men submit to that female dominating spirit and wheel around like a little whatever more imp to the wise. My God in heaven. Don't you understand, sisters, that you can't be saved without your husband going in? He is your head. Well, praise God, I'm spiritual. My husband, keep on rattling your brain because it won't ever get you there. The Word of God says that your husband is your head. Christ is a man's head. And God is the head of Christ. Come on, church. If Jesus is God, he'd be... That don't even make sense. God is the head of Christ. Christ is the head of man. Man is the head of woman. And we need a headship, right? 
When the, when, the, when the fire starts falling and basically the lights go out and whatever more, then all your sisters are going to start screaming, what are you going to do? What are you going to do, husband? What are you going to do, husband? It's your fault, husband. Get me out of here. Whoa, 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 whoa. And he'll say, well, you've been the boss. What do you think? <laughs> it's not funny. It is funny, but it's not funny. So, sisters, you've got to get this spirit on us. Husbands, we've got to get the spirit of Christ on us. It is a sweet spirit, I understand that, but it's not a wishy-washy feminine spirit. It's one that's got a backbone that'll stand up for the Word of God. It'll look in the Word of God and say, that's me, I'm guilty, God forgive me of that sin. And He will also. So God, when He come down in this hour, He come to the churches outside of the church. And he stands with a voice, come out over my people. He didn't come within the church system. He come outside the church. Because he had some very elect, locked up, trapped in a spiritual prison. Is it cold enough in here now? Kind of chilly? It's all right. Sister says it's all right. We've got to keep that in mind. A spiritual prison. People didn't even know they were in prison. When you got a little Kentucky hillbilly that can't even speak good English, that people comes to by the literal thousands to bring their sick to bring their lame, to blame their, bring their blind and crippled to be healed. And watch God supernaturally heal, deliver, and set free. The insane coming to sanity. Like Brother Branham said, there was a sister locked up in the home, straight jacket beating her head against the wall. Totally insane. I think one of her, some kin that was sitting in, he said, you got a sister locked up in the insane institution. Thus saith the Lord. She'll be sitting in this service tomorrow night. Now, what man has got a, not enough brains to say something like that? Because there's not a man living that can bring that word to pass. And going totally insane with a straight jacket on. The next morning, she was sane. She wasn't beating her head against the wall. They examined her. My, this woman's all right. And they unlock her, let her out. Can you imagine a hospital letting an insane person out in less than eight hours? God have mercy. And she was setting that service the next night. You know why? Prophecy fulfilled. Prophecy fulfilled opens the prison to those that understands the word. Then he said, watch. The God that told me this woman would be sitting here tonight is standing no more than 10 feet from me right now. And in the name of the Lord, all those that are sick Lame, crutches, 
get up in the name of Jesus. And they started popping up by the hundreds and walking out. That's what prophecy fulfilled does to people. Come on, Karen. Let's, let's close it. And I'm saying this morning that Revelation 10, 1, God himself has come down here. He's had his picture taken. He stands in the midst of the church. The spirit of wisdom is an anointing upon us. He has come down to let us know this morning that there's a way out of here. Prophecy is being fulfilled. Let him that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the church. Amen. I put too many notes and too many types in there. But you can read them and understand over and over to see the types. But in this hour, we've seen prophecy fulfilled. All the false teachers and false prophets. And I went through video after video, watched the screen during the election. Hundreds of prophets prophesied. Thousands of them had dreams. And they all said Trump would win the election. Even up to the 21st, one guy headed up to the 21st. Where did Trump get this stuff that the vice president could deliver him? Right from a false prophet. Right out of the church. Amen. They're all false. And right in this time, in this hour, God said, I will be here in your midst. And the sign that I'm here is all of these false ones tell you, come over here, come over, this is true, this is that. He said, I'm not even with them, don't even hear them. They're Deuteronomy 13. How many of these false prophets can read a Bible and interpret a, pro a prophecy? Surely you can read Malachi 4, 5, and 6. I'll send you Elijah the prophet before the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Go on your internet and look up William Branham. If you want to see how thousands and thousands of preachers can tell you everything wicked about someone that done a miracle. Oh, he's off here. He's off there. He done this. He said that. He preached against women. He preached against He wasn't a trinity. On and on and on and on we go. But how many of them understand Malachi 4, 5, and 6? I read one book. I think, I don't remember, Harold, Dr. Harold or something, uh, his book. The followers of William Brown believe that he fulfilled Elijah the prophet. And we know that there's no Elijah in this hour. Because why? There's no prophet to come. The prophet spoke the word. The prophets prophesied. And now we've got computers. We're smart enough to take their prophecy, do a word search, and figure out what that prophecy meant. In other words, prophecy was in riddles. Like a mighty angel come down from heaven. It's in riddles, symbols. And now then we do a word search and find, figure out what thunder is, lightning is, what more. And then we take, oh, this is what it means. And come up with seven years of tribulation, no Elijah, no this, whatever more. The church is going on and on and on and on. And it takes a prophet to interpret a prophecy.
Only a prophet can tell you this day, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. That's the reason why, Brother Gregory, you think this Kamala Harris dressed in purple, just exactly what the prophet said. I seen a woman dressed in purple rising up in America. She was dressed in purple. Watch what he said. I do not under, know whether that is symbol of the Catholic Church or a woman. I only know that I saw a woman dressed in purple. Now, I can be spiritual to you this morning and say, this day, this scripture fulfilled. Uh -uh. It looks like it. We can believe it was. It's just exactly the way he said it. But it's going to take a prophet to point at it. I believe we'll have two prophets stand on the scene. And just like they said, Jesus asked Jesus, well, I thought Elijah was to come. And he said, Elijah truly shall come and restore all things. Shall come and restore all things. Then they understood that he was speaking about one to come and not John. So Jesus said himself, a prophet would come and restore all things. In the book of Acts, I'm getting a little short now. In the book of Acts, it says what? The heavens are going to retain Jesus. Acts 3, 19 to 21. The heavens are going to retain Jesus. But he'll rise up one among the brethren. And he'll send them out with a message. And all those that do not hear that prophet shall be destroyed from among the people. That prophet. Hundreds of false ones. One true one. Well, Brother Gregory, I don't believe that. Then this message was not for you. The message of this hour was to my people. My people. Come out of her my people. My question to you this morning, do you have an ear to hear the Word of God calling you out of this prison house of doctrines and creeds and churches and everything else, and especially out of the world? Because this message will set you free from the system, and it will set you free from the bondage of your flesh. Because Jesus took care of the sin problem 2,000 years ago. And we've had one come down and stood before us and said, this is my message to you, little bride. You never done it in the first place. You were trapped into it. Therefore, prophecy fulfilled lets you out of prison. Amen. Let's stand this morning, would you? Sorry to break that up. You can read the notes and we got it broke down more and give you scriptures and types and to look at the point. Prophecy fulfilled opens the prison for you. How long will the prison be open? For remember in Revelation, we've seen this angel come down that had the key to the bottomless pit. You could go on and on and on. And he unlocks a dimension where these demons are. 
And he opens the door to this dimension. All these thousands and thousands of demons come up to this dimension right here. Hundreds and thousands of them. To hunt down and destroy the bride of Jesus Christ. That same prophecy that opened the door to set you free. Also closes the door and puts you in bondage. But it opened the prison door of all these spirits to fulfill prophecy. And these plagues and these diseases and all these things going on now. Political unrest is a political, social, and spiritual cords, powers coming together to bring forth the mark of the beast and the power of the Antichrist to cause every soul to be destroyed or bow the knee to this false religion. When the World Council of Churches begins to take over, and it will very shortly, that is the hour that prophecy tells us that God that is here among us now will move among every soul and bring the anointing of understanding to your heart that you can see your way out. The way to the marriage supper will be just like a curtain opened up and you can see the staircase, golden staircase to the marriage supper of the Lamb and your bridegroom Jesus is there waiting for us right now ready to greet us into His presence. To reject it is death. To accept it is freedom. Just like I said this morning, you're a prisoner this morning, either to Satan or you're a prisoner to the Word of God. One or the other, there's no in-between. Amen? So would you bow your hearts and heads with us this morning as we pray. Father, we understand that you prophesied in this hour that you would bring a deliverance, but you would also bring a spiritual death to the children of this great church system. And that you would be here searching the hearts and reins of the people, giving us a sign of discernment, and you have fulfilled your word. Therefore, seeing Revelation 10, 1 to 7 fulfilled, seeing 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 fulfilled in our midst, understanding Luke 17, 30 being manifested among us, seeing your vindication in the sign of your presence. We have come out into this exodus, come out in this deliverance, now on our journey under the conditions of your presence to take the resurrection and the rapture. So may the great anointing of resurrection come upon us, that it will quicken our mortal bodies and quicken our minds and open our mouths to give you praise and to confirm this message in our hearts. May with our voice speak the same word that you have spoken to us, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established upon this earth. So we give you praise this morning. We give you honor. And we ask you to forgive us of our sins. We know there is a sin unto death that you told us not to pray for. And that sin in this hour is those that turned down that prophet. You said would be destroyed and that we should not pray for those people. And we're in that hour now. So Father, those that still has an ear to ear, let their hearts be open and let the anointing of your presence come upon every soul and every spirit that their minds could understand that they have been made free from sin by the presence of Almighty God. And now then you're leading us into the deliverance of these fleshly prison houses called the body. Set us free from diseases, darkness, and all the things and symptoms of the flesh. 
and we'll give you praise and honor you in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said amen and amen and amen. He is here. Amen. He is here. Hallelujah. He is here. Amen. He is here. Holy, holy. His name again. He is here. Calling out your name. He is here. You can touch him. You will never be the same. And he's free this morning. He is here. Then I just lift up my hands and thank him for freedom. Thank him for the word of God. Thank him for his grace. Thank him for his mercy. Thank Him for the blood of Jesus Christ. Thank Him for His divine presence. Thank Him for prophecy being fulfilled in our midst. Hallelujah, Lord. Bless Your people today, Father. Open our hearts and minds to truth. Here you can touch Him will never be the same. Amen. We may not be able to pick it up next week, but in your notes we took you to basically when the prophet is spoken, the prophecy is spoken in the Bible. Is a foretelling. This will happen, this will happen, this will happen. Then we see many prophecies. We can go through many of them. There comes a time when that prophecy is this day the scriptures fulfill. And you need a messenger to tell you forthtelling. Just like Peter on the day of Pentecost. What is this? What is this? This is that was spoken by the prophet Joel. When he said, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And I'll pour out my spirit upon my servants and my handmaidens. That's two different outpourings. There's 2,000 years between those two scriptures. For in that hour, the sun didn't turn to blood or darkness. It was not the destruction. What more? But in this hour, when he sends the spirit of wisdom, the pillar of fire, the Holy Ghost himself, when he sends that light to us, that spirit of wisdom, that is the hour that he gives the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire to his handmaids, his servants, and they shall prophesy. What are we going to prophesy? We're going to foretell that this scripture is fulfilled in our midst. Thus saith the Lord, every scripture I read to you this morning is already fulfilled in our midst. Even to the point that we are the very ones elected in a book, called out of the systems, brought a message of grace to your flesh that you can be free from sins. Because in our lesson we give you in John, there's a group of people that sins that are forgiven, and there's a group of people whose sins 
that we're not to pray for who sins unto death. And the only sin unto death in this hour is those that rejects that prophet shall be totally destroyed from among the people. You said it can't be that simple. It is. But it also says in that day, all that call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. Therefore, this message, this shout from heaven, brings you a true revelation of who God is and who the Lord Jesus Christ is and exactly what's going on. Because only that revealed group of people can call on the name of the Lord that's been revealed to us that there's only one true God and His name is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So we're going to have a baptism this morning. If you want to be dismissed, maybe Doug or one of the brothers can take it back and we'll prepare for our baptismal service. But if you've never been baptized in water, you're not going to? Yeah, Doug will take you out and get ready for the water baptism. I thought, well, we can come up and pray for you and deliver you again. <laughs> Amen. If you've never been baptized in water, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and that's the only name by which sin can be remitted, I wouldn't put it off another day. I wouldn't put it off another week. Is the door shut? It looks like it. Is the bride in? It looks like it. Noah went into the ark and sat there with the door open, what, seven days? Because the Father is the only one that can shut the door. So as a minister of the gospel, I'm preaching that the door is still open. I cannot say, thus saith the Lord, that it is. Only thing I can do is point you to the remission of your sins that you'll be free from this fleshly body. And that's to get your sins under the blood of Jesus Christ. And then you pray for the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire that God would reveal to you His presence to lead you out of this dimension. Because we got 1,260 days of tribulation in that time it sits right before us. Conditions will get worse and worse. And without the baptism of the Holy Ghost, we'll basically, some of us will lose our own mind. We'll go totally insane. Brother Bam said, if I told you the condition that would exist, you would lose your mind. We think it's insane now. We think it's stupid now. Wait till it really takes a hold of our fle fleshly body. But we got one promise. Prophecy said when they do that and begin to squeeze you, God would visit us once again by the great resurrection power and take us out of here. We will not be a part of the tribulation period. And the church of God said, praise the Lord. Amen. So God bless you this morning. We'll be dismissed and we'll just go back and basically uh, have a water baptism. Maybe a little cool. I think our furnace went out back there. So that makes the water a little bit colder, but that's all right. Uh, it would be cold. Now it's colder. So we thank God for our brother. So God bless you. Thank you for coming. Got a full house this morning, but we thank you for coming. Now we'll just be dismissed and go back for water baptism in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.